Hey there, this is Larry, and I'm here with Armin. You're about to listen to a great episode. But before you do, we want to let you know that we're now podcasting over at the Bold Idea Podcast. That's right, and we're not adding any new episodes to Reinventure Me, but we think you're really going to like what we're doing on the Bold Idea Podcast. We're interviewing some great guests and packing ideas and inspiration to help you put your faith to work to bring your idea to life. So when you're done with this episode, go check it out at boldideapodcast.com. Episode 86 of the Reinventure Me Podcast. Well, accountability's got a bad rap. Understandably, it's been misused. And we're going to talk about how accountability done right can be a powerful transformation strategy. Find your next great beginning. Welcome to the Reinventure Me Podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Hello, and thanks for joining us on this 86th episode of the Reinventure Me podcast, the podcast for what's next in life. I'm your co-host, Larry Gates, along with Armin Asadi. And we thank you for joining in on the conversation that Armin and I are going to have here. We want to help you discover new ways to reinvent your life, your opportunities, and the ventures God's called you into. Now, in case we say something that you go, hmm, I'm driving along in my car, and I'm wondering if maybe they have that written down somewhere. <laughs> we do. We do. Well, Maybe we do. <laughs> There's a chance that maybe something that we say here will be in the in the show notes. And in any case, we want to let you know those can be found at reinventure.me slash eight six. And that is also the place, by the way, where you can get links and you can subscribe to our podcast, which would be awesome. We highly recommend this. Because if you want your show notes sent directly to your inbox, there's no better way to do it than to go to reinventure.me. Yes. Type in your email address. And get it directly to your inbox. But also, also, Uh-oh. that is where we take comments. <laughs> and uh, and we love also from our website to get listeners to call in. That's right. Give us a question or two. Yes. Or just make fun of us. <laughs> Whatever you want to do. I just want to hear you. Okay, well, speaking of making fun of us, I mean, we, we do have a whole Facebook page just for that. So you this can also, you can also like us on Facebook and then just... Give us snarky comments there. That works. <laughs> and you'll probably get more than one person to jump in. Yeah, right? oh, totally. Dan would probably jump in on that one. Yeah, you know, we just finished our toxic episode, so <laughs> maybe we'll get all the trolls to come out and start hitting us on our Why show. Not? I'd still be entertained. I'm okay with it. I got thick skin. Yeah, there we go. Of. There we go. Well, I do have an announcement. This time I'm going to do something I didn't do last time, which is... <laughs> <laughs> mention the website, Mention maybe? the website, yeah. <laughs> so on November 6th, Armin, I'm going to be doing another strategic... Strategic margin workshop. And what is strategic margin? Strategic margin, you might ask. (laughs) I'm here for you, Larry. (laughs) Strategic margin is that place that we all want to have that says, oh, I finally have time to think about where I'm going and where I'm headed in my life or my business. And far too often, we might only take those times when we're on vacation, maybe not running between everything or when we're absolutely in a crisis or in between a job change, you know, yeah, those are forced times of thinking, Mm -hmm. but the strategic margin workshop is designed to help you build that into your life on a day-to-day basis. And so I'm doing that workshop on November 6th in Minneapolis and I'm going to do something we didn't do last week, which was to mention the website, <laughs> strategicmargin.com, <laughs> if you want to come. And if you use the promo code REINVENTURE, you'll save 100 bucks off that. So I uh, would love to have you there. That's awesome. You got the website. 
This is going to be a powerful thing now that you got the website in there. People can actually log into this. Oh, I see. I mentioned the website. I was thinking maybe you're thinking because I have a website that that's powerful in no, some way. I'm just okay. a, right. Proud of you for remembering. Yeah, that. right. I mentioned the website. Woo. All right. So since <laughs> this is a accountability episode that we're doing, I'm going to kick off the Inspire Me with a quote from Theodore Roosevelt. And this is what he said. He said, if you could kick the person in the pants responsible for most of your trouble, you wouldn't sit for a month. I laughed so hard the first time I read that quote. Because <laughs> you know it's true. That's why I've I had that in my, in my list of quotes for years. Mm. And almost every time when I go through that list and just look at what I have written. Still laugh. Or have in there. I, yeah. I just, I see that and I go, man. It's so true. I, I laugh because of its its truth. Yep. You know, I like, you know, there are times when I can't sit for a month. Because <laughs> I, I'm, I'm the guy most responsible. So tie sure. that in. Let's talk about how does that fit in this idea of accountability. And, and honestly, I think accountability's kind of got a bad rap. It does. I mean, it's not exactly a uh, quote unquote sexy topic by any means. But so why in terms of you know, someone who is possibly in a transition, they're reinventing themselves or reinventing their life, right? Yeah. How does this all fit into what we're trying to do here in helping people discover their new opportunities? I'd like to hear your thoughts, but here's why I thought this was really good is that I think especially in our culture, in the American culture, I think one of the biggest mindsets that we have in our culture that, that I see as pretty predominant, especially in my generation, is that we have a victim mentality. Mm. By that, I mean that... In our mindset, we somehow put majority of the responsibility on external forces. So I hate this job because I don't like where I'm at because I don't like this team because. And every time I finish that sentence, what comes after because is someone else or a group of people or an environment of something. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? But yeah, it's, it's never me. I heard, I heard a guy... I heard a guy say one time, kind of tongue in cheek, business would be good if it weren't for the customers. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I'll think about that for a second. <laughs> maybe culturally, maybe not for your revenue. <laughs> I guess for me, where, where I think about it is if we have the mindset where most of the responsibility of the situations or circumstances in our life, if the majority of that responsibility falls on external forces, then we've created a formula for failure. Regardless of how many times your circumstance changes, if that formula remains the same, where responsibility is on others, you're basically creating a formula for failure as often as you can create it. But as soon as you turn that formula and you make that responsibility the majority of that responsibility on you, I think that's when you've created a formula for success, regardless of what it is, whether it's personal, relational, spiritual, business, ministry, you fill in the bank, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But what are your thoughts? Well, I agree with you. I think that victim mentality is nothing more than our ego defending itself. We don't like to be seen or see ourselves as we're the responsible party for the things that go on around us. Right. And so it's much easier to find fault and find blame in others. Yeah. And I think that's what makes <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt's comment so apropos because mm. it isn't the other people we ought to be kicking in the shorts as much as it is ourselves. Yeah. And it's so easy, as you said, to find that, yeah, I mean, other people will let you down and you might be depending on other people for things, but there also might be other ways in which you can proceed that isn't entirely dependent on other people. And perhaps you've also contributed to their inability to help you get ahead right. too. So there's a lot of things that you can look at there, but I think the first attention is to turn it inward. But 
Armin, this was this topic was one that that was important to you. You you brought it up and said, "Hey, we should talk about accountability." And and I know that that's uh, meant a lot to you, and it's certainly <laughs> something I've done a lot with over the years too. We both yeah. felt like, "Hey, this is an important topic." But talk about why that's important. All right. So for me, I'll just keep it very personal. So oh shoot, we we liked impersonal stuff. In this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want me to be vague. When I first left my old life being organized crime. And I stepped into this transition, not knowing what's going to happen next, seeking spiritual, seeking family, blah, blah, blah. Right? Yeah. This all, this big world you knew very little really about. Right? Yeah. I was an adult, but I had the mindset of a child because everything I'd lived for the ten, last 10 years, I'm leaving and I'm starting new. So mm-hmm. it's like a kid just leaving high school. Right. Right. And I find Christianity. I become a Christian I find this God that finally to me becomes a living thing, not some deity. And I start pursuing things of God. And I realize even though my purpose has changed and I have new direction, doesn't mean that I don't have old baggage, that I don't have old tendencies, that I don't have cravings to do certain things, you know? And I realized for me to be, (laughs) yeah, exactly. (laughs) I wish people could have seen you do that. (laughs) He just puffed a J and by J, I mean joint and joint is a marijuana thing. (laughs) Anyways. um, But for me, it was easy to want to move forward, but it wasn't easy to leave the past behind. And what I needed for me to move forward was for me to maybe not live a promiscuous lifestyle, maybe not drink heavy, smoke, Smoking cigarettes was one of the hardest things I ever had to give up. I've gone back to it several times, right? The list goes on and on and on and on. And I could have sat there and lied to myself and pretended like this is something that I could fight on my own and make it happen on my own with my own strength and with God Mm -hmm. and blah, blah, blah. Or I came to the conclusion and I accepted the reality that the only way I was going to be able to get to the point in my life that I needed to be at was surrounding myself with people who knew every dark thing about me, every good thing about me, knew my goals, and I knew theirs, and we came together, and we pursued our dreams, our goals together, and Mm -hmm. held each other accountable, and that was the only reason I was able to get where I got, but without that, I would have gone back to my old life in a heartbeat. Yeah, and I think what I'm hearing kind of beneath the surface there, and this is what I want to pull a thread with you on, because Mm -hmm. I think this is an important aspect of accountability, Accountability is not an intervention. Accountability is an invitation. Hmm. You know, I can look at somebody's life and I could look at you, Armin, and as a new believer or whatever and say, you know what, you're really messed up because you're doing X, Y, Z, and I could intervene. Right. That's not accountability. Right. Because you didn't invite me. Right. And accountability is allowing someone to have some kind of interest and authority in some way over your life. So Hmm. they have your ear. Yeah. When you invite somebody... In an accountability relationship, you're basically saying, I'm going to listen to you in a way that I'm giving you authority to speak into my life. That's an important, important element. Yeah. How was that helpful to you when you started into your transition and you started looking at creating that kind of structure for you? It's funny that you use the word authority, but I guess what we use was the word permission. I don't give a lot of people permission to speak into my life in certain ways, right? One of the issues I had was I wasn't really good with authority. Oh, yeah, sure. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I was used to being the authority. Yeah. yeah. And what a radical thought, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you came face to face with the authorities, which were completely yes. different for you, Holy right? Holy cow. Yeah. Let's not go there. <laughs> but I think it was invaluable. I don't think I could have done it without it. If I didn't have these people that were around me that knew 
my goals and my aspirations. And I knew that I had to talk to them about it every week. And I knew that there was a rhythm, there was set. We knew what was going to happen. We set boundaries around it. We set expectations around it. And we, I knew what I was walking into every single week. And every time I got a phone call, and if I didn't do that, I don't think I would be able to do the things that I did. So long answer short, I think it changed my life. Yeah. That, so that accountability structure was really valuable, invaluable for you to get from one set of value systems, rewards, yeah. work, vocation yeah. to another. I don't think there was anything more transformational in my life other than you know the whole God experience. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was a more powerful tool or whatever you want to call accountability that I had in my life that was more transformative than that. Yeah. And it sounds like I'm exaggerating, but I'm I'm really not. Okay. So for our listeners who might be thinking, yeah, I mean, that was kind of a very exceptional thing. I mean, you moved from running a crime syndicate sure. to eventually getting into church work. I mean, that's almost like polar opposites, right? Right. My life isn't quite that extreme. I'm pretty steady Eddie and things are going along just as fine as they have been for the last five or 10 years or whatever. Why should I even be thinking about accountability and and what we're talking about here today? Um, Let me tell you a story. So I have a few really good friends that were in an accountability group that I was not involved in, but these are guys I met that were a big part of me making a life change that I made. And these guys, I don't know why it's the most awkward thing on the planet, but every week on a Thursday, they would get together and they would get together at one of my friend's houses in their hot tub. So you, <laughs> sorry, it's just so awkward to me. <laughs> These five guys would get into a hot tub together. <laughs> I hope it was a big tub. <laughs> a couple of them are pretty big guys. Too. That's the funniest part. And they would get into this hot tub together every week, and they would talk about their life, their goals, and their dreams. But they would truly hold each other accountable. Good. But the, the the part of this group that was interesting to me is these were all pretty decent guys. They were, you know, they were some in some way or shape involved in ministry. They're very educated. One of them is seriously an actual genius. But they weren't really doing anything. They had decent paying jobs, you know, but none of them were truly fulfilled in life. And these guys got into this hot tub every week and they would talk about what their goals were and where they wanted to go. And within one year, one of them became the pastor, like a, not a senior pastor, but on the executive level of leadership within fastest growing church in Minnesota. Another one launched a men's ministry that blew up. Uh, another one became a chaplain. Another blew up one, is a good thing in yeah, your like, language. In my right? language, yeah. I became, got a lot of people there. But every single one of those guys prior to this group had intentions of meeting these goals, but until they met every single week and set these goals and knew that they had a responsibility to these other people and these people had responsibility to them, it fast-tracked their ability to achieve their goals because there was a group of people around them pushing them to those goals, right? They weren't on their own anymore. So for anyone who's listening, I think this could be the thing that literally fast forwards your life. Yeah. And see, now you hit on something that I think is really vital in that oftentimes, at least my exposure to accountability groups in the past have always been accountability to keep you from doing something, which Mm. I call defensive accountability. Right. You know, and usually it's like, uh, guys don't watch pornography or, (laughs) you know, (laughs) all that stuff. Right. 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 And it's like setting up a good defensive game system. And all you're doing is you're focusing on the thing that you shouldn't be doing. Imagine there's a 
pink elephant. You know, don't think about the pink elephant. Right. You know, don't think about the pink I elephant. I literally just pictured a pink elephant. <laughs> <laughs> you focus on the thing that you don't want and, right. and it starts to become real. But I like the idea of offensive accountability. And that's what you're describing with the hot tub guys. And <laughs> I'm sorry, but you put an image inside of my head and probably everybody that's listening to this that's just, just going to go, okay, accountability groups, we're going to have to find a picture of a hot tub to put on this along with this episode. <laughs> but if I were to change the term, because accountability is so out there, and in fact, it's kind of a word that needs to be recaptured in its meaning. Because yeah. I think there's a positive accountability, which is what you're describing, and that's what I would really strongly advocate, yeah. as opposed to the, let's make sure we don't live life in such a way that we do things wrong. And you know, you don't want to do things wrong. I'm not advocating that. Mm. I'm just saying when the focus is on the forward mission of your life, you're less inclined to do the stuff that's going to send you backwards. Yeah. And I almost prefer the term venture groups rather than accountability groups mm -hmm. for that reason. And that's exactly what you described with these hot tub guys. <laughs> <laughs> you know that they're talking about, hey, what is it? What's important to you? Yeah. And and really, it's one of the things that, you know, we had talked about way back in episode five, how change affects identity. We talked about mm -hmm. Thomas Merton and his quote, and we suggested that you think about those two questions. And remember, the Thomas Merton questions are, you know, what is it that I want to live for and what's keeping me yeah. from getting there? Yeah. And it sounds like that's the kind of conversation that's probably going on yeah. with those guys. It's like, yeah. what am I here for and what's keeping me from it? Right. And that's the kind of accountability structure I think that's great to set up. I like to call them venture groups rather than accountability groups, but the name's kind of taken with accountability. Let's yeah. talk about what it is. Let's reclaim that name in a positive way. I like that. I mean, venture group sounds a lot, lot sexier. <laughs> it does. Yeah. 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 I suppose you could do that in a hot tub too. <laughs> but you know, one of the things that we have to talk about here is that uh, you know, I've talked to a number of women here in, in anticipation of our episode, uh -oh. right? And I, and I asked them, you know, so tell me about your experience with accountability groups. Oh, I, I didn't know you did this. I'm really eager to find out so, what this is about. So they look at me kind of weird. Oh, no. Okay. It's like, um, you know, we don't really uh, call them that, you know? It's like, we have, we have these groups or that groups, but I don't think women, well, at least the ones that I talk to, they don't don't engage in what they call accountability group in the same way that guys do. And, and I think there's a reason for that. I think, you see, there's something about a guy accountability group, a very masculine kind of accountability group. There's like, yeah, I'm giving you permission basically in an accountability group, whether it's a defensive or an offensive accountability group, doesn't mm -hmm. matter. Mm -hmm. But basically in an accountability group, I think this is kind of the motif, yeah. right? A guy is saying to another guy, I'm giving you permission to kick me in the butt. Yeah. I mean, just as you know, as Literally. Teddy Roosevelt would say, yeah, right? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm, I'm giving you the chance to kick me because I can't kick myself. Right. So or I'm getting, rod. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm going to use your foot to help me get going. Right. right. And that's basically what you're saying. In accountability group. Yeah. Yeah. And when I've had, you know, I call them the year of living courageously groups where that's what we were trying to move forward in this venture mindset. Mm -hmm. And what the biggest disappointment I've had with the accountability in that is that because my mindset is to say, I'm giving you permission. If I don't live up to what I'm trying to do, if I don't accomplish my objective, I'm giving you permission to really bring it on. Yeah. Okay. And the biggest disappointment I've had was when they're like, oh yeah, well, all right, you'll get it next time. Yeah. You know, it's like, there's no teeth in that. No. Right. It's passive. It, it's very passive. Yeah. It's very passive. And, and it's one of the things that I think is really important in setting a group is, you know, I think you should talk softly, but carry a big stick. 
mm. in the sense that you want to keep an engagement going, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I think you want to deliver a sting when it's needed. Otherwise, yeah. how is it that you're actually giving anybody anything that is helpful to them? Yeah. And sometimes somebody has to look you in the eye and say, I think you're avoiding something that is keeping you from your very best. Yeah. And sometimes you need somebody to just say that to you. Yeah. You know, uh, there's another thing I want to point out about the culture that we live in. And more and more this is happening. We're becoming such a perception-based culture that everything that we do is to give off a perception to people so that they can think that we are fill-in-the-blank. Whatever we want people to think. That oh, yeah. We're intelligent. Sure. We're sexy. We're whatever, right? Yeah. We're, we're spiritual. We're, all, we're, we're the sum total of our posts on <laughs> Facebook. Right? Right. <laughs> But I, I won't speak for women, but I'll say that's something that's slowly going to kill the culture of men very, very quickly. There would be so many times in, in a ministry role that I played where a guy would come up to me and tell me that they cheated on their wife, you know, and I would seriously want to choke them when they would tell me a line like, oh, it was an accident. I got drunk. It was a party at work. And I, I just wasn't thinking. And at that point, I just want to say, dude, shut up. Are you kidding me? Are you are you seriously about to tell me this was an accident? <laughs> Is that seriously what just came out of your mm-hmm. mouth? Mm-hmm. You don't think this process started from the first time you made eye contact with that girl and you thought something? Yeah. You don't think this started and kept going the first time you guys touched each other or joked or exchanged it goes emails? back to your comment at the top of the show about living as a victim in circumstance, right? right? And if you see things happening to you all the time, you never take responsibility for them. Yeah. Yeah. And so for me, I'm just like, look, it's okay that you as a man may have those tendencies, but what's not okay is you allow them to take over you. And that's the power of an accountability group. And maybe this is more preventative, but I think at the same time, you're looking at your marriage, you're looking at your relationships and saying, okay, this is something so much more important to me than anything else. And I don't want a momentary lapse of uh, strength or whatever it is to ruin this. Mm -hmm. So the instant that thought comes into my mind, I know I have a group that I'm going to go to and they're going to know about it and stop it while it's a thought before it ever becomes an action or before it becomes something that I did that I have to repair. I mean, how often are we going to have to live this lie about who we are and how much meaning does that give us in our life? Who actually knows us? Who actually knows who we are? Yeah. How lonely is that? The challenge there is that unless you are willing to go be vulnerable and go forth with that, you don't know. Yeah. And I have been in accountability groups. I was in a group with a good friend of mine and we'd look each other in the eye. We'd ask all the right questions about, you know pure thought life, blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. One of those defensive accountability structures. And then I would get a call and he would tell me a year later, even while we were still having that conversation that I needed to come by and stop by his home because his wife had just found him living a double life Mm. and his world was falling apart. Mm. The challenge is that we can be deceptive. So easily deceptive, even inside of an accountability group. Yeah. And unless we take the steps, and I think that when I look back on that, what I think, and I think maybe this is the reason why I'm so passionate about an offensive accountability group rather than a defensive one, Mm. is you can ask all the defensive questions. You can ask all the, are you keeping yourself clean or pure or doing all that stuff? What ends up happening is it's almost like you're asking a judgment question. And so the natural knee jerk response is to defend yourself and to prop up another lie. Yeah. Instead, the better thing I think to do would be to ask the forward going questions. And so when you get a guy, I'll speak about this as in a guy's group, when you get a guy who 
might not be appreciating his wife publicly and you might see that or whatever. Yeah. So instead of talking about, hey, are you you having trouble here, which might be a worthy conversation, but it might also be a worthy conversation as well to be forward looking to say, hey, what are you thankful for? What what are some of the things in your life? Because that invests in their thinking well about the future mm-hmm. and to help them retrain themselves in that. Mm-hmm. And that's where I I think there's real power. There's yeah. real power in, in going forward. Yeah, I totally agree. And I don't want to go back and forth on this part of it because I think there is a there is an, another important aspect of it is the how to side of this. Right. Right. So as much as I want to talk about this a bit more, I, I do want to get into the how to side. Yeah, of we should it. So talk about would, some breast practices. Here. Yeah. yeah. So wh- wh- where would you start there? At least? Well, I think when you think about an accountability structure, whether you call it a venture group or accountability group or whatever, I think the first thing you have to do is put trust building first. Totally. You can't get anywhere. Unless you have trust among, if it's one-on-one or one-on-one with four or five, I don't think you want to go much bigger than that right, if you're right, doing right. as a group. But I think trust is the language of influence. Totally And agree. with an accountability group, you are inviting someone to have influence over you. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have trust and you're not building the trust, then you have no way by which it's even of value. And you might as well not even go mm-hmm. because then it's just putting on a facade yeah. rather than being, being real. I can't agree more. Yeah. And so you have to, you have to have, you know, obviously the agreements between you as a group that yeah. you're going to maintain confidences. You want to create an atmosphere of, of being open. Yeah. But each time something is said, that's in a confidence, mm-hmm. it's going to be tested in some way. Yep. And that's where you have to keep coming back to the group and saying, you know, are we reinforcing this and building trust? Mm-hmm. The other thing I would say is that it's really helpful if you go first. You know, I don't care who it is that's listening to this. There might be five people that's all going to listen to the same podcast that if they were all in the same accountability group, say all of them ought to go first. Yeah. That's the mindset they ought to have yeah. in being vulnerable. Yeah. You know, because we use this quote from Brene Brown a long time ago. I think vulnerability is the first thing I look for in you, and it's the last thing I want you to see in me. Mm-hmm. And that is so true. Yeah. And if we want to build trust, it's the first thing they're looking for is that vulnerability. So I go agree. first. Yeah. I, I think there's a big risk in that. And I think that's what prevents people from wanting to do it. But honestly, if I look at it through my own lens of my own life, it's by far a greater risk for me not to speak, mm-hmm. right. not to create that kind yes. of atmosphere and that kind of environment. Right. It is the loneliest place on the planet. I don't care if you have a thousand friends. I don't care if you have a million Facebook followers or whatever it is that you think that you have. Until you have a place where you can be outright honest about exactly who you are and what you want and the desires of your life, you are going to be living a lie and you're going to be in the loneliest place. And until you're willing to trust others and put yourself in a position to trust them and take that risk, you're never going to get that. And you're going to always have that feeling of loneliness mm-hmm. and it's worth that mm-hmm. risk. Be the first to talk. I totally yeah. agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're sparking the environment. Yeah. Well, speaking of environment, I think one of the things that I found to be quite effective is I'll just call it lower the lights. In other words, what? yeah, lower the lights. You know, I'm thinking about tub. the three guys in the, <laughs> the, how many guys in the hot tub. I, I'm being metaphorical here when I say that, but really set the table for the kind of conversation you want to have. And what I mean lower the lights is, at least with men, yeah. I found that the best way to get through to them and allow them to be open and vulnerable is to convene them at night. You try to do it over breakfast. They've got things to go to. They're thinking about their day. Oh, their, their, their mind is tax, taxed and, and, and on to the day because right. they're task-oriented. Yeah. 
Yeah, I didn't know you, where you're going. I thought you were going to say like you got to wine and dine each other. No, no, I'm just saying. <laughs> Do it when they are done with their daily responsibilities and they can wind down. It's the time when they are most likely to come forth. I had a Wednesday night group here that would meet in my home. We'd get together at 8.30. Mm-hmm. It in give, the morning? In the evening. Oh, okay. It'd get the guys time to get their kids in bed and to and to be here. Hmm. And we'd meet and finish up by 10.30. And I told them I needed them to be out the door by 11. Okay? Okay. I cannot tell you how many evenings... They would, after I send them out the door at 11, they'd stay in my driveway talking till almost one in the morning. Shush. I'm like, I have to get to sleep. You know, (laughs) you guys can, but that, that is the kind of bonding that you want to have. Mm -hmm. And it, I guarantee you that doesn't happen when you try to get guys at the beginning of their day. Yeah. So that's what I mean by dim the lights. However that works, if you're getting together with someone, find and think about what would be the most conducive environment in order to have the kind of conversation you want to have. Mm-hmm. It's got to be without distraction. You don't want kids running around. You don't want to be interrupted a lot. TV. You don't want to, yeah, a server to come up and ask you if your food is okay right in the middle of an important part of your dialogue. Yeah, That kind of stuff is easy to fix, and you only have to have it happen once or twice. You realize, oh, I probably should think about a different way to do this. So give some thoughts on that. I love that. Because it is true, and I've tried it in the morning, and all I'm thinking about is i got to be somewhere. Is this going to wrap up in time? That's a great point. Yeah. All right, what else? Well, we already talked about being offensive, <laughs> being offensive. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I so thought I, you meant, like, that, me saying offensive stuff. <laughs> no, well, I was being a little bit funny with that, especially after your hot tub. <laughs> That's never going to die down. No, I don't think so. It was, it's too good. i got to resurrect that image too many times. <laughs> but, you know, the Thomas Merton questions that we talked about was really asking of the other person forward-looking questions. Yeah. So that they're always like your hot tub conversation that you pointed out. They're always thinking about where are we going. Yeah. And that is really where the power in an accountability group goes. Mm-hmm. And take it seriously. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have found so many people say, Ellie, will you hold me accountable to this? Yeah. And then, you know, you you agree, but then they have no intention of ever checking in or helping to facilitate that. Yeah. And I might even try to check in and there's like no interest in doing so. So it's like, it's something, you know, maybe I want to be held accountable for a diet and exercise thing. And I say it, mm-hmm. but it's passive. It doesn't It doesn't work. Yeah. You know, another thing I would say that I think would be a good rule to follow, and I'm curious your thoughts on this, is the, the rhythm of the meetings, how often you meet. Yeah. One of the things I've realized is anytime I've tried to do an accountability group and we met once every other week or once every three weeks, once a month, is basically pointless. I mean, it was a great bonding experience, but it would never fulfill the purpose of an accountability group or a venture group. So one of the rules I've set for myself is that it needs to be every week because you miss once, that's fine. You're back together next week, right? You do it every other week. You miss one. You've you've gone a month without yeah, it. Yeah, I found that exact same thing. And I would rather think about accountability groups as sprints rather than marathons. Yeah. So, you know, be seasonal and do it for a specific period of time. Mm-hmm. And then it has an end date. Yeah. The last thing that you want to do is have this you're part of a group and now it goes on forever and you never know exactly how you can get out without feeling guilty. 
Yeah. No, say, you know what, we're going to meet for eight weeks. We're going to talk about where we're going with our lives. We're going to go through maybe this short little book mm-hmm. or whatever. We're going to talk about it and we're going to see how that might apply. Or or maybe it's on marriage or fathering or parenting or whatever, yeah. or diet and weight loss or whatever your goal is. Maybe you yeah. just get a group together to say, hey, we're going to go pursue this together. We're going to meet for eight weeks. And I agree with you. I think the weekly thing establishes a momentum. If you miss one, you're not out for too long because you can catch up the week later. But the key is to reject passive perpetuity. Yeah. You know, if you just have something going on forever, then yeah. it eventually dies. Yeah. And then everybody feels bad about it and nobody's gotten anywhere with it. Right on. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with setting a short term commitment around and say, I'm going to revisit this in three months, two months, whatever it is. We're going to check it. If it's working, we keep going. If it's not, we stop. Right. So is this worth it? Is this not? Yep. What do we want to do now? Yep. So, Armin, it's probably a good time for a challenge me. Yeah. All right. So here's the challenge. Think about your current support structure. What changes can you make to help you stay on track or to get where you want to go faster? Mm. All right, so we wrote this out, so I'm reading it to you. I'm going to read it again. Think about your current support structure. What changes can you make to help you stay on track or get where you want to go faster? It's basically asking the question, do you have the support structure right now to fast forward your life to pursue your dreams? And if not, then maybe the challenge is probably create that Mm -hmm. and bring that into your life. Yeah, find create a venture group, you know, find yeah. some people who can help you get going. If you feel stuck in what you're doing and you feel like maybe you're not getting where you want to go, there's good chances that other people are feeling the same way about something else as well. Get together with a few people that you have uh, some commonality with people mm-hmm. that you enjoy being around, uh, make it for a short period of time and see where you go with it. Yeah. It's a good thing to try. Yeah. Cause you never know where it leads you. It could right. lead you to your dreams. Exactly. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode. Again, as I said at the top of the hour, you can find the show notes at reinventure.me slash 86. Love for you to subscribe and receive our show at reinventure.me. You can get that there. We're on all the social media networks, but we are also just a phone call away at 612-314-5447. We love to hear your voice. We love to get your comments on our show. And by golly, tell us what you like, don't like. Tell us what you want for us to maybe kick around sometime uh, when it comes to exploring your next great beginning in the adventure that God's called you into. So for Armin and Larry Gates, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) This is all we have for today and we'll see you next week. You've been listening to the reinventure me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi.